Hey, guys, these storylines are building in Cleveland. That was worded terribly. I, you know what happened? I'm just a little bit further away from my mic than typical, and turns out my eyes are I'm going blind by the day. I'm a minus 7.5 with contacts, and if they get the slightest of smidge on them, I can't read at all. The storylines are building up in Cleveland, and we're getting ready for the test in Seattle. It's always game day in Cleveland. Crew, Daryl Ryder, and Andy Baskin, they're ready to deliver two fresh episodes to get you ready for Sunday. Subscribe now, 923thefan.com, or the Odyssey app sponsored locally by Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling solution, and make sure you get the post-game edition each week. Let's go to one half of that program. His name is Daryl Ryder. He joins us here, brought to you by Shabin Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Hello, Daryl. Get glasses. They're easier to clean. <sighs> they are, I'm telling you. I'm an ugly person. There's no chance. I, hey, you know what? No they might glasses, Hey, glasses. listen, glasses might help. No. Glasses, oh, oh, mm. I had glasses as a child. It, they they, they might me. make it you look smarter. I don't. I don't need no. Uh, no, you could. Well, who am I trying to look smarter for? What, what, I'm not teaching uh, at, a, at a university here. I'm doing I'm just, doing sports just radio. Him, I'm just uh, all the more reason you should need to look smarter. No, there's cameras in the studio now. Haven't you gotten the memo? Uh, I have. Uh, okay. I've, I've been begging for them to appear on overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. We are working on that. I'm the one person that's like, cameras, yes, let's do this. Absolutely. Well, people don't know what I look like, Daryl. It is 2023, for goodness sakes. Everybody else is streaming their shows. Daryl, nobody knows what I look like. Nobody in the city has any idea what I look like. I'd like like if people knew what I look like. You're the mystery man. I know. I don't like it. Again, again, you need glasses so you look smarter. (laughs) Now is the time. If I'm going to change, it's got to be before we get the... uh, Just my advice to you, get the anti-glare filter on them, and you're, you're good to go. Not not going to happen for me. Uh, you should. I'm, I, I'm I take a you. lot of your advice. I'm not going to take this one. Uh, the missus might like you in glasses. I think that's why I'm uh, glasses adverse is just because I know she already likes me without them. I can't I can't run that risk, Daryl. I can't. Me oh, getting glasses and then her being like. Come on now. Ooh. Trust me, she ain't going to leave you over you needing to wear glasses. It's true. That's true. She's very loyal. <laughs> I love that about her. Um, I was listening in as you guys were filming It's Always Game Day in Cleveland earlier today. <laughs> and I had a lot of comments. I had a lot of comments. That I'm I sure to say. you did. <laughs> Here's what I got to tell you, though, because this is the part Baskin didn't know. So Baskin, he kept relating it to Chicago and how they just how they got rid of their airport. And he didn't understand your main point. And I want people to go listen to "It's Always Game Day in Cleveland" and check it out on YouTube. He often never understands my main. He didn't point. get your. He didn't get your point at all. You're like, no, it can't happen. And I was so close to texting him, but I didn't want to be that person that texts him things as he's doing a show and then gets the info afterwards and then has to address it in a weird way. But I wanted you to know because you're. I mean, that I was you're, right as always. Well, I, I don't. I don't know if he understands how this works. Like Richard Daly legitimately went in the middle of the night and bulldozed the entire airport with nobody's permission, and they took up fines, millions of dollars worth of fines from the FFA, uh, FAA for doing it. Like, you can't you can't just go in the middle of the night and bulldoze an airport with nobody's permission. Daly did it because he could, and it was a power flex. I'm sorry. I like Mayor Bibb. He doesn't have the same power there. So you're right is the point. You're right. It doesn't work that way. And one of the more rogue things of, of uh, between both dailies, the dad and the son, one of the more rogue moves a mayor's ever made is tearing up an airport in the middle of the night to then have nobody be able to use it under nobody's permission. That's the only reason why that got done, Daryl. That was never going to happen. It, it'll never happen ever again. 
No, it's it's it, there's a massive process that you have to undertake, and again, it takes two decades to do it. Just look, St. Louis did it. It took them twenty years to do it. Yes, that's yes, that exactly. There, right. there yes. are there are federal laws yes. involved in this. It's not as simple. We'll just go ahead and close the airport and put a stadium there. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> Baskin just kept screaming back. Chicago did it. Chicago. He's like, no. I know. I'm like, way. this is not how any of this works. <laughs> now, he did make the right point, though. He's like, I guess we need more corrupt politicians. It's like, yeah, well, that's true. I <laughs> know. Uh, I think we got enough true. of those. Well, I mean, uh, at maybe... all levels of government. <laughs> not wrong about that. Not wrong about that. Some um, of them may or may not be running for office. So now you guys, I don't, I don't want to, you know, give away what you can sell here. I want people to go check it out, and it's always game day in Cleveland because I thought you guys did a, a really good job of explaining. Well, why not? It just feels like I'd be on Baskin and Phelps. Well, that's very fair too. <laughs> that's, I mean, we kind of do half the podcast on the show, right? Yeah, you guys should. You should just take like half of the segments. No, we should move them over there as like a bonus feature <laughs> or something. I don't know. Uh, less bobbleheads though when you do that, and that's not as fun. People like the bobbleheads in the background. At least I do. Uh, I, I'm a fan. That's why I have them back there. So what did you, what did you learn though? What did you learn within the, the findings about of, some of the, about some of the, the blueprints of what they potentially could be doing? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Are those, uh, how real are those? I guess is the question I need to ask. Well, no, I mean, it, they're, they're just, uh, it, it's proposal. It's, you know, this is what the vision could look like. They're 60% done with what they feel the vision's going to be or whatnot. And you know, it just looks like they got a bunch of cool stuff with the stadium sitting in the middle interrupting it all. So, yeah, you know. And as if it's not hard enough to get to the lakefront, the only way you're going to be able to get to the lakefront for games now is you're going to have to walk. You know, because uh, they, they choke it off to begin with on game day. So That's right. That's right. I, I just, it, it uh, the whole thing makes no sense why, you know, it's the path of least resistance for the Browns to stay there. And and I just feel like you're setting a billion dollars on fire by putting more money into that stadium. Uh, it's it served its purpose. You got the team back. Uh, it, it, it's time to get this team a state of the art facility that can be world class, uh, be able to attract the biggest events and, uh, you know, be the envy of the rest of the NFL. And I'm sorry, it don't matter how much more money you pour into that thing on the lake, it ain't ever going to be that. I'm sorry. You it know, just it never will. You're just slapping lipstick on a big, fat, orange, ugly pig. That's all you're doing. And, uh, you know, I'm again, I'm a 1,000% in support of developing that lakefront. It's a crime. That it hasn't been, it should have started back in '94 when they built the Rock Hall, and then they added the Science Center. There should have been a massive movement to get that done, you know. And it's never happened, and I'm still not confident it's ever going to happen. You know, this is the 500th lakefront plan that they they've come up with, but um, the stadium's in the way. It's in mm-hmm. the way, and I'm sorry, but cutting the shoreway off and turning it into a boulevard is just another nightmare. You know, Dead Man's Curve is already a nightmare to begin with, and now you're forcing more freeway traffic over there because you want to turn what is now a freeway and an artery into a city street? It's just, it's, if anything, bury the freeway. Do what Boston did. Bury the shoreway. Make it a tunnel or something. Oh, that'd be cool. 
you know, um, I, I just, yeah. It'd be more I, aesthetically that, pleasing that way. That, that, and here's the thing. Football fans, they want to walk from the parking lot and their tailgates and their trailers and their RVs and all that, and they, and they, and they want to walk into the stadium and enjoy the game. It's not like going to baseball and basketball games. It's, it's just it's different. And, um, and the other thing, too, is with this lakefront development, they want to take two, of the, two and a half of the tailgate lots away. They want to take a massive chunk of the muni lot away. They want to take the North Shore uh, lot away and turn that into development. Again, I'm not against it. I'm just explaining, you know, <laughs> logistics here. And the West Third lot would go away. Those are three major tailgating lots. You know, and okay, fine, you're going to do parking garages. Fans don't want to tailgate in parking garages. <laughs> no, no, they don't. <laughs> right? That's not a fun time. So I, I just, yeah, I, again, I, I love all of the, uh, the amenities that they're proposing to put down there. They just got to get the stadium out of there and move the Browns elsewhere. Yeah, and it goes beyond, I think, a lot of, a lot of NFL fans are like, oh, you build a new stadium, you get a Super Bowl. Honestly, I, I think the, the, the real selling point what people should be talking about is not only do you get a Super Bowl, you also get things like when Taylor Swift comes to town, which you didn't yeah. get, which is the, now yeah. we've done the studies on it, that's worth three Super Bowls. Yeah, like, I mean, you, you set yourself up, Final Four could come here. All sorts of things. You, you know, so uh, imagine, like, David Gilbert and the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission and Destination Cleveland, they do incredible work. Yeah. And imagine what they could bring to Cleveland with an indoor. I, I still think that uh, redoing progressive field was a mistake. They should have moved the Guardians somewhere else and built a smaller, more intimate ballpark. Would you have taken them away from downtown? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that that would have been the move. Or move them over to where Cleveland, uh, the the you know Cleveland State campus is and stuff like that. I mean they're not crazy about that uh, arena over there and and you know keeping that thing in business has been a struggle for years. But I would have found I would have built them a miniature version of PNC Park in Pittsburgh somewhere, and then demolish a, Progressive Field, yeah. completely demolish Progressive Field, and put the Browns Dome right there, tied it next to the arena, and you would have given Cleveland something that very few cities have. Mm. And that is an arena and a dome right next to each other, connected underground. Like, that would have been a tremendous facility. But the logistics and everything else, you know, pipe dream. And uh, now that the, the renovations at the ballpark are underway, this is never going to happen. But, see, I'm a visionary. That's we don't have idea. enough visionaries yeah. in this town. And that's part of the problem with why it's been so difficult to get progress here. You know, it's like an uphill battle to get anything done in this community uh, of, of substance. Just, again, look at the lakefront that stands barren still, and we're still, you know, drawing pictures of what could be uh, and spending millions of dollars to do it uh, instead of actually spending the millions of dollars on the construction, actually, you know, making something happen there. So, um, but, yeah, I, 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 I just am a believer in the Cleveland Browns, got to get out of that stadium, whether they find somewhere downtown or in the suburbs or whatever. They're not going anywhere. They're not moving, okay? But allow that stadium land to be sold and developed uh, into something that everyone can really be happy with. Because right now, with what they want to do, it's like they got they just putting a bunch of stuff around a stadium that they're stuck with, and they're going to throw a bunch of money into that stadium to try and make it look pretty.
Daryl, yesterday we talked about Deshaun Watson's injury, and we had talked about the timeline, four to six weeks, and we didn't know when yep. that started and when exactly we were. Is it two days ago? Is it four weeks ago? Uh, did you learn anything from Stefanski today about uh, that? No, we still don't know. Uh, and I specifically asked him if the clock has been reset on that four to six weeks, and he gave me a fantastic answer. It was a great answer. It just wasn't an answer to the question that I asked. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so so we don't know. But he's not starting. Uh, I applaud the Browns. They uh, they took my advice. Uh, they're not messing around. P.J. Walker's going to start Sunday. This is now a week-to-week thing instead of day-to-day. Uh, the concern I have is the inflammation in the shoulder, that there's more swelling. And the reason I say that, you know, because they're adamant, there's no more damage, everything's fine. But... Remember what happened last time and what Deshaun had told us about the process last time. When the swelling went down, they were able to get the real MRI, and that's when they found the problem. Well, I'm guessing even with this new MRI, if there's swelling, they didn't see the real problem. I'm just using some deductive reasoning here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm guessing once the swelling goes down, they probably should go back and take another MRI and make sure that everything, in fact, is you know, status quo uh, w- with that arm. But I am concerned about that swelling because, again, that was an obstruction to the original diagnosis. Do you have a feeling they'll get somebody by next week, somebody new, or is this all just a we're, they're, just, they're really going and trying to find out as much as they can with Deshaun before they trade anything? Yeah, if, uh, if this is – and this is, again, this is where Deshaun Watson has to be honest with the Browns and the Browns have to be honest with themselves, Right. Like, if, if this really is a situation where he needs multiple weeks, and we're talking, let's say it is two to four more weeks on the, on the side. And, again, this is speculation. We're just having a conversation back and forth here. You yeah. type of that, right? Mm-hmm. Then, yes, I think they have to go get somebody. You owe it to this season. You cannot allow this to derail your season because right now your weak link is one thing, and that is the quarterback situation. It's not Deshaun Watson. It's the situation that you're in. Deshaun is hurt. He's not available, and I, I just, you know, God bless P.J. Walker, but he's completed 50% of his passes, and he's got three interceptions and no touchdowns. So I don't know that that is a viable trend going forward. The good news is they're 4-2. and two. they got some wiggle room here. That's why you go out and play the, the games. No one thought, including myself, they'd beat the 49ers with Walker on the field. They did, right? So, um uh, but I, I do think if this is a longer-term thing, they got to go get a quarterback to uh, keep this thing afloat. When are you off to Seattle? Uh, Friday night. Friday night. At sun- so I'm going to get to watch the sunset like the entire flight because I leave at 6.30, which is right about uh, right after the sun officially sets here, right? Mm-hmm. And I am scheduled to land in Seattle at 8.30. So I lose. I, I it's a five hour flight, but I only lose two hours. <laughs> okay, that's kind of nice. Now, now but coming back the other way is awful. Uh, I was about to say. So I'm leaving Tuesday morning, like at nine, but I nine thirty ish, and I don't get back into Cleveland until five thirty. Mm. So <laughs> that, is that is that a direct to Seattle though? That's nice. Yes, that is, that is no hop, skip, and a jump. Oh, that's I, great. I feel like there's no direct flights out of Cleveland. It's so true the big story. I, I bought I bought the last plane ticket on the way out, and I got the third to last plane ticket on the way back. That's nice. 
now, have you been to Seattle a lot? I know your sister I lives there. Ne- I've never been there. Okay. Well, she just moved there, so yeah, I mean, oh, I, she I've just never moved been. there. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I've never been on the uh, extensive ninety-two-three the fan travel budget. I've never been west <laughs> of the Rockies. So the the. Uh, the, the fish market, the Pike Place fish market, I'm mm-hmm. obsessed with their TikTok. Go on their TikTok ahead of time. Okay. It's, it's a lot of fun. They, I don't she's, know. Uh, well, she's got the itinerary laid out for me for Saturday. Oh, okay. You're hitting all the, all the spots I'd imagine. Uh, sa- Saturday and Monday are big days. We're going to try and get you, a lot of things done in those two days. Original uh, Starbucks, I would imagine, some of that type yeah, stuff. But no, yeah, well, she is a coffee shop connoisseur, so she is yeah. in heaven out there. She's, she's got uh, coffee and donuts every morning at a different spot. Will you add to the bubblegum wall is the question. Because some people no, will and I some can't. Won't. Okay. I, I've ha- I've had too much dental work, and um, I've basically put my dentist kids through college <laughs> in the last ten years. Okay, um, because I drank a certain beverage by I would say the case when I was in my twenties. Oh, really? Okay, and early thirties, and I basically rotted my entire mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, yeah, I I can't I can't chew gum. I, I okay. I, some people find it gross. I think it's an incredibly gross display, uh, but it, it's like yeah. one of their famous things. It's just, it's yeah. just, it's, just, it's every it's all, for those that don't know. It's just a wall filled with gum, and then people go and they add their own piece of gum to the all wall right. that has gum wall to wall to begin with. And it's one of those things. I just find it so gross, and I don't think I would contribute. But everybody seems. Well, to. here's here's a question for you. If I take a yeah. picture in front of the Space Needle, is that uh, is that uh, a faux pas? Is that like uh, too touristy? Only if you add uh, a Dr. Fraser Crane line to it and say okay. something like, I'm listening. And then, and then that would be great. But you know what? <laughs> you stole my bit. That's exactly what I was planning to then do. Then perfect. Then you're nailing it. That's exactly. That's all you need. Oh, you know, you I, need. I, know what, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to find a sleepless in Seattle quote. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Mm, no? I'm more Fraser Crane than I'm sleepless Fraser in Seattle. Fraser Crane? Okay. Uh, well, just my personal taste. Okay. Or, or. Maybe a uh, favorite lyric from a Nirvana song? I don't know. What's the lyric? What's the lyric? Well, I, the, I'm going to say this. The odds are is it's a lyric that I cannot say on the air. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you got a whole flight to figure it out. So uh, I do. <laughs> I wish you the, the best of luck and safe travels. And uh, good, hopefully uh, we get a Browns win. And we have a lot of things to talk about the following week. But hopefully you have a good time with your sister. And you're able to take in a good game at, uh, at the, the very least. Uh, thank you, Daryl. Appreciate you as always. Uh, enjoy the trip. We'll see what P.J. Walker can do. It's all we can do. Daryl Ryder. Yes, sir. Brought to you by Shop and Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Where's your confidence with P.J. Walker? Are you happy that that's the move? Would you go DTR? Or should the Browns have someone else in place as of right now? 216-474 to below 92. Fan focus coming up at 940. Right now, we got an update from the Big Weege and the Stefanski Collection. All right, we'll get to the fan focus coming up in 15 minutes. We'll get back to the Browns in just a second. I did want to make a note, though. Just a, just a quick note, I spent a lot of time yesterday talking about the Michigan cheating scandal, everything attached to that. It looks like the Washington Post came out, and they added that among the pieces of evidence the firm presented was a detailed schedule of Michigan's planned sign-stealing travel for the rest of the season, listing opponent schedules, which games Michigan scouts would attend, and how much money was budgeted out. This thing gets worse and worse by the day for Michigan, and it becomes harder and harder for me to defend. Even though yesterday my defense was an acknowledgement of Harbaugh being culpable, of Stallions being culpable. The further and further this thing gets unwrapped and unraveled, the more and more I'm likely to believe that Harbaugh was hiring an unhinged man. And you got to be held responsible for that. 
If I looked into my crystal ball, here's how I see it playing out. I see if Michigan has a great year, Harbaugh bounces, goes to the NFL, reunites back where he was a quarterback in Chicago, and then coaches the Bears, right? If it doesn't go well for Michigan, oh boy. Oh boy. Harbaugh had a hard time trying to convince people he can get back into the NFL when things were going great at Michigan. If he doesn't get that team with what I believe to be the best one-two running game punch in the entire college football, and then J.J. McCarthy, a guy that Harbaugh has called a combination of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, if he can't get that working, that's going to be tough. That's going to be real tough. We'll get to the uh, Cavs when the Cavs game wraps up as well. Uh, but right now, I want to hear from you guys. Two one six four seven four to below 92. Talking a little bit about P.J. Walker getting the nod for Sunday and what this means for the Browns moving forward. I just think the Browns are going to be too cocky about it all. I know what everyone is saying, and I know what makes logical sense. What makes logical sense is the Browns go out there, you trade for a Jacoby Brissett, you trade for another quarterback, and if Deshaun Watson has to be out for an extended period of time, then he's out for an extended period of time. Not a big deal. I mean, it's a big deal, but at least you would have made a plan, a backup plan. P.J. Walker's not a backup plan. P.J. Walker's going to the casino and betting on black at the roulette table and trying to see how many times in a row black can pop up. Eventually, it's going to hit red, and you're going to lose everything. You're not going to keep winning with P.J. Walker. We know that, right? We all know that. How many times the Browns can go to that table, put their money down, and then press black on the spin and then watch it pop up black? I don't know. I think that ends up getting bursted this weekend unless the defense plays another game where Miles Garrett accounts for like 17 points, according to my logic on it, and they just play out of their mind. But I don't know how we continue to go through with the P.J. Walker experience, so to speak, if we continue to see this style of quarterback play. But I, I wonder that their cockiness attached to the idea that Stefanski's only ever succeeded with quarterbacks. He's only ever gotten the very best out of the quarterbacks he's been around. I wonder if that gets in the way of their thinking here. And I understand it. I really do. I understand it. In his mind, when he goes to sleep at night, you guys might not believe it. The people with the last name Stefanski might have a hard time believing it. But when he puts his head down at that pillow, dude's got to think he's a quarterback whisperer. That's how he got there. That's how he got there. That's why he is who he is. He, went, he goes to bed thinking he knows how to, to coach quarterbacks better than anybody. And it might not be reality, but sometimes that's why he ends up in that spot is because he is a little deranged from reality. He doesn't have the full understanding of who he is and who he isn't. He's bleeding the lines of confidence, arrogance, and stupidity all in one with what they're doing. But you know what? Hey, at least see how it makes sense looking through it through his lens, which is not a way any one of us are going to look at it. Two one six four seven four to below 92. Rob in Brexville up next. Hello, Rob. Hey, Jonathan, um, long-time listener, first-time caller, huge Browns fan, lifetime. I'm 57. I've seen the, the bad, the bad, a little bit of good, obviously, and, mm-hmm. of course, the ugly. I, I, I just listened to everything you just said, and that's exactly what I called about. Um, after that, it, you know, it's not about P.J. starting last week or this week. It's about the what-if of – finally having a top-tier defense, and if something happens to Deshaun next week, three weeks from now, six weeks from now, we are just, we're screwed for the playoffs. And I should be a lot happier at four and two, but I am so disappointed that we didn't do something right after the Baltimore game when they saw, he, 
he just yeah. obviously DTR didn't get the job done, and he was thrown into a, a very tough situation. But um, we need someone long term, and I agree with you. PJ did a, a solid job. He just doesn't have the tools. I am holding out a little bit of hope that that um, Andrew Barry, who I love, has been secretly talking to Washington about getting Jacoby, and the price is too high right now. But the closer we get to the ter- trade deadline, that makes the most sense. I just don't but think- if we can't get him, we got to get someone who is more solid in case something happens with Deshaun down the road. Yeah, and thank you, Rob. I appreciate you, and, and, and good luck, and you did a good job on your first call. A lot of first callers tonight, by the way. I like that. Here's the thing, though. I just don't see how it makes sense for Washington. Ron Rivera is coaching for his job. Why is he going to trade his backup quarterback, his safety net, for a future piece in Washington that if he needs to use it and it's not there, then he loses his job and gets no net gain of that future piece? This doesn't make sense to me. I, I, just, I don't see how they do that is the point. Man, it's going to be really tricky to find out what happens here, though. It's going to be really tricky to find out what Andrew Berry ends up doing. But, again, I, I, I wonder. I wonder if the confidence attached to Stefanski will be too great where they offer up n- uh, not nearly enough for another quarterback and continue to try to see what they can get out of P.J. Walker. How maybe P.J. Walker, uh, you know, he did do it one game last year. He beat Tom Brady in a game last year in Tampa Bay. Like, he did it. He got a passer rating of the, in the 120s last year. I know there's a part of Stefanski that thinks that's there somewhere. Mike in Cleveland Heights up next. Hello, Mike. Hey, how you doing? Uh, hopefully you're doing well. Um, my question is, um, you know, Baltimore uh, Ravens won with uh, Trent Dilfer. So mm-hmm. they had a great defense, and uh, I think we can do it no matter who's, who's there at the helm. You know, that's my opinion. Um, but Mike, it's got to be Mike. It's it's got to be better than what it has been, though. The past couple weeks, we've had the worst quarterback play in the entire sport. You know, Dilfer was bad, but he wasn't worst quarterback in the league. <laughs> <laughs> we right, got we right. got we got to give him at least something here. Right, but I think you know defense wins, and um, our special teams are great, and our defense is great, and I think that spurs them on when they you know when. Um, we don't have the best quarterback. I think it makes him play better. So that's my comment, and I think we, we're going to do fine. All right, thank you, Mike. I appreciate you. I like the optimism. I wish I shared it the same way. I, I, I'm more hoping up and, and wishing the idea that maybe P.J. Walker on Sunday shows us a different side of P.J. Walker. But I'll tell you this. You can't go into these weeks continuing with that style of quarterback play and expecting to win too many games moving forward. You just can't do it. It's just not how the NFL works. We are cheating death. Week in, week out with these games. You're not supposed to be able to get away with P.J. Walker playing as bad as he has and winning in the past two weeks. You're just not. And, hey, if we really want to be honest about it, can we have an honest moment? We're friends. Let's just have an honest moment. The defense was great because Miles Garrett was great. The defense as a whole wasn't that awesome. They can't look that way against Geno unless we're going to have every single week Miles Garrett win Defensive Player of the Week and do things that we statistically have not seen in 50 years in the NFL. I mean, come on. That was Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett's had a Hall of Fame career. Hall of Fame career. And that was the best Miles Garrett game I've ever seen with my own two eyes. And I've watched every single Miles Garrett game. He's been here the entire time I've been here in Cleveland. I remember when he was drafted. I've seen every game. You guys have seen every game. He's I've never seen a better game for Miles Garrett. He was awesome. We don't win that game if Miles isn't half the player that he was. I can't bank on that week in, week out. I can't. 
All right, leave that there. We'll come on back. We're going to get to the Cavs when when that game wraps up. we got the fan focus, though. A little bit late for the fan focus because we had Daryl Ryder at 9. Fan focus coming your way next. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterman. But first, let's give you a little tease of the fan focus uh, because there was uh, was something that was said in the fan focus, and I I think it's fascinating. When you really look back on some of the different things, oh, you know what? Screw it. I'll wait for you guys to hear it yourself. Ken went off. I loved it. Here we go. Fan focus coming your way next right here on The Fan. Now let's get to the fan focus. That's a go. Let's start off with number one. All right, leading us off tonight, it's going to be Dustin and Nick on the latest with Deshaun Watson not playing on Sunday. I sort of am panicking because I I see I, I have like this vision of what's going to happen. And I don't have a good thought about Deshaun. I, I, I think he's going to be very limited the rest of the season, uh, even though you know people say he can come back in a few weeks or whatever. We'll see. Uh, I'm concerned. You know, the fact that injury has changed the diagnoses um, multiple times now, the the idea that he's day-to-day. Like, yesterday he was day-to-day. Mm. Now he's not playing on Sunday. Yeah. Okay. So I'm the, I'm, I'm the a-hole. Well... But then, like, even if we go, you know what? Okay, we what we saw what we saw against Indy. Yeah, why garbage. was he out there against Indy? They, they, I mean, it was irresponsible to put him out there. And you know, there's I, been so many irresponsible decisions by the Cleveland Browns to start this season. Number one, playing Deshaun, telling us Deshaun was going to play that he's not going to play, putting the team in a tough spot. That's on the that, that that's on the coaches in the front office. The fact that you don't have a legitimate backup quarterback, irresponsible. I mean, you've got this great roster. The team is finally primed. Spicy. That was that was spicy from Dustin right there. I'm letting them have it. And you know what? I don't disagree in a lot of areas. This is the roster. This is the one that was set out to go ahead and win a bunch of games. How are we how are we letting the backup quarterback situation be what tanks us? And I know we won the previous two games, so we can't have that doom and gloom of a mentality. But you don't gotta miss you don't gotta be Miss Cleo. You don't gotta look in your crystal ball to see where this thing is headed. You gotta have better quarterback play than what we've had. Dead last in the NFL in the previous two weeks. We we talk about Dilfer, we talk about all these bad quarterbacks that won with really great defenses. You gotta be better than last. Uh, you know, we we like we constantly talk about Patrick Mahomes and last year how he had the seventeenth scoring defense and and like whether or not he's pushing the boundaries with how bad of a defense he had last year. Now they got much better this year, they did, but he was pushing the boundaries of what he could do. Right now it feels like the, the Browns are pushing the boundaries with how bad you can have an offense be, but how great you can have a defense be and actually still end up winning. It's an incredible social NFL experiment that we're going through, but I'd really rather not be the ones that go through it. I'd rather just have better quarterback play and win these games handedly. Ken and Anthony on Ken calling into Afternoon Drive yesterday. How it all went down. But wait, you said he you said he hung up on you. Yeah. He just said, bye, I'm not talking to you anymore. This yeah. isn't a debate. He just said, Ken, love you, buddy, and hung up. And I was like, I just got hung up on? I was like, oh, my God, he hung up. I texted Dustin. I go, did the call drop? He's like, no, he hung up on you. Well, like, was he mad? But, but then I... I for whatever reason, like even my truck was surprised. Like I was in a parking spot and I parked. Did I swear just to start God. honking out no, of nowhere. I tried to turn. I tried to turn on my like my my radio and it like wasn't coming in. The and truck I, said, "Wait a minute." I basically had because all vehicles are basically whether they're gas or electric now they're just giant computers anymore. You've done it now, Nick. So I you pissed off the auto. <laughs> I went. Oh, my truck was pissed. He's like, "Let me at him! Let me at him!" 
revving the engine and everything. So I turned her off, opened the door, closed it, basically, you know, re- like plug it, unplug, plug back in, and the and the radio was working again, and it was just in commercial break. And I went, damn, you shouldn't even have taken me if we were this close to a commercial. I, that's what I said. I texted Nick and I said that to him. I go, it, 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 nothing personal because I'm like, well, was it that contentious on the phone? No, it just I they played the audio, and then it kind of kind of made it out like I was clutching my pearls, mm-hmm. which I wasn't. I mean, you know, I had a lot I was going to say about this. I don't think I'm going to say that much about this anymore. I don't call in anyone's show. Do I need to start calling into people's shows? Is that Can I make that my thing? Can I just be the guy that just calls into everybody's show? I feel like anytime you call in anybody's show, though, you're on their grounds. You're on their grounds. You're on their terms. You call into their show. They're up against it. Guess what? Them's the breaks, right? But also, Ken probably deserved more than, like, the 60 seconds that he got, you would think, right? I mean, I, I would think so. I... Oh, it's a tough call. It's a tough call. I'm not going to say it was a power move by Nick, but kind of felt like a little bit of a power move. I don't know. We'll see how this one plays out. I won't be calling in any shows anytime soon. I need them to call my show first, boost up the ratings from them calling into my show, and then I'll call into their shows, and then maybe we can make that be friendly and that work. I need them to call into me first, though. That's how that friendly uh, back and forth is going to go. We've had one person, one host, call into overtime with John and the Peterland, and it was Lima. And then Lima, I'm pretty sure, gave me sweet chin music on my own show. It was an impressive display. All right, next up, Baskin and Phelps on the Browns. Winning the last two weeks, but not feeling like it. You know what's the most optimistic, Andy? They won. I know. That's what, Why they, does it feel like they lost last week? And, and Andy, they it's won still, with... like Every day, I, I walk in there, I'm like, man, how they? Get, it feels like they're coming off a loss. They're not. Let me throw this at you. They won with the defense playing a bad football game. Right. Miles Garrett played a terrific football game. Miles single-handedly kept it from being like 50 to 39 or whatever it was. I mean, if if Miles doesn't have the game he has, Andy, what happens in that game? I mean, it's interesting. I agree with Baskin. It's felt like the previous two weeks doing these shows, night in, night out, it has felt like we lost these previous two weeks. I don't know how we got here this way, but it's felt like that. We should be talking like it's a 4-2 and two football team, and we're headed for... Man, I, I brought this stat up Monday. It's a Jonathan Sportsboro original. I looked it up myself. Nine teams last year started 4-2. and two. Seven of them made the postseason. Something about this Browns team with this great defense and where we're at right now that we just we can't buy into them 100% because we don't know what our quarterback situation is and we can't spend as much time as we do talking about how the quarterback is the end-all, be-all and then looking at looking at our own face in the mirror and being, ah, uh, we don't have it. That's what's tough. That's, that's, that's the part that we have a lot of getting over to do. <laughs> Lastly, Ken and Anthony finishing off the fan focus here. If you ask me, I got a couple of goofballs going after each other on a website that really isn't even real. That's what I got. I, mean, I got I got Brady Quinn, who I, I've always told you, we've had him on the show a couple of times. Anytime you ever push back on anything, he gets extremely defensive and almost personal every time. Uh, and I, I, I'm very careful about that because I know he has a good relationship with one of the producers, and I don't want to end that relationship because I don't need one of my bosses coming after me on that. Uh, but he gets very defensive very quickly, and that to me tells me that he doesn't know how to argue. And I got the other guy who's the quarterback coach. Yeah, you know what? I, I see things, and I know that he threatens to slap people when he, when he disagrees with them. 
So basically, I got a couple of goofballs doing goofball things on social media. And it's playing out very publicly while everybody in Cleveland is wondering when they're going to see their quarterback again. I think it's a bad look by Brady Quinn to use that that tactic. Um, and I wish the quarterback coach would just focus on his quarterback and move on. People are going to say things that are out of pocket, and people are going to say things that are irresponsible because that's what we do in social media. I hate to say it, and I just wish they'd focus. He'd focus on getting them going and getting them in the right direction here. Because you know we got callers who are wondering not just if he's if he's good. Mm-hmm. They're wondering if he's good in general, healthy or not. And that's the question right now. Honestly, and maybe that's why it's a little bit more doom and gloom than it should be. We're wondering whether or not he's good, even if he's healthy. We don't have that answer. We are six games into this. We are seven weeks into the NFL season. We don't have, we're nowhere closer to that answer than when we were when we were talking about it in June. And that's the big problem. And that is the fan focus. We come on back. We'll talk about the Cavs as they wrap up their game against the Nets. 111-107. Minute left in that one. If it's a winner, if it's a loser, we'll talk about it. If it goes to overtime, we'll talk about the Browns instead.